0: And now for our second message, we have a sermon from Mr. Steve Andrews, entitled, The Gospel Witness. Mr. Andrews. As Jesus' disciples gathered around him on the Mount of Olives in private, they were curious. They wanted to know They wanted to understand what the signs of the coming, of his coming, of the end of the world. And so Jesus, being that prophet, and understanding those things, revealed to them in Matthew, the 24th chapter, some most fascinating, wonderful, and interesting things that we have been studying for a very long, long time. Ever since these things were written in the Bible, Men have wanted to know what those things mean and when it's going to come about. And many have witnessed those things, spoken of those things, look forward to God's kingdom. In Matthew the 24th chapter as Jesus spoke, he said, "Take heed that no man deceive you. We're all very familiar with these, these verses. As we open up this message on the gospel witness For many shall come in my name and say I am Christ And shall deceive many We know down through the ages that's happened And even the first message that we heard is There has been a lot of deception down through the ages As there is today You shall hear wars and rumors of wars See that you're not troubled For all these things must come to pass But the end is not yet. Nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in different places. Many of those things have happened down through the ages, haven't they? And even in our own short lifetime, we've seen many wars, many earthquakes, many famines in different places of the world. In huge and unbelievable earthquakes, a tsunami in Japan. It's still hard to understand how that many people can perish so quickly from something like that earthquake that caused that tsunami. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Jesus was telling them. These are the beginning of the sorrows. Then they shall deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. You shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And, shall be, and and then shall many be offended, shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. Many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. And for many years, we preached these messages, preached these very words. And it continues to get worse. And We know that. We understand that. We haven't seen the persecution, but we may. It's becoming a, a great chasm of dislike for Christians who believe, and especially for us who truly believe the truth of the Word of God. And because, we, as we read, uh, love shall wax cold, but he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. And he says, This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. And we understand, brethren, that from that very time that Jesus walked on this earth and told his disciples to preach this message, Matthew 28, as we shall see here, Go, he said. He made this this statement. Matthew 28. And beginning in verse, verse 18. Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go, he said, you therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So Jesus laid the framework, told the prophecies, helped the disciples to understand, and later on they wrote it down. And as the apostles preached and taught this gospel message, they wrote it out, and it's been preserved down through the ages. And we see that message. And we're compelled also in this day and age to also... Preach the gospel message. And, Matthew, and going back to Matthew, the, uh, the 24th chapter, and looking at these words here that Jesus said, as he said, this gospel, this good news, that's what gospel means, is good news. Sometimes we wonder when we read the words of Matthew 24 and we see all of the the heartache and the things and the suffering is going to come upon this world because of men's sins, sometimes we can't see past that that part of it, but there is good news, and it's coming to this earth, of the kingdom. A kingdom is something that replaces, is a, a power over other forces, over people. And today we have many kingdoms, don't we? We have many nations that, they're not kings, some some of them are are kings, but others are run run by presidents or prime ministers or or various government agencies that uh, rule over the nations. This is going to be totally different, brethren. This is going to be the kingdom of God. And because it's not the scope of this particular message to go into the kingdom of God, but to the gospel message and how it's to be preached and the things that it's uh, to bring about. I do want to lay the, the groundwork for that, that thought, though, because it is important to understand that Jesus preached and taught the kingdom of God. In Mark, the, 14th, uh, the first chapter of verse 14, I do have Mark 14 here later, but <laughs> let's go to Mark, the first chapter of verse 14. We'll read here that, now, after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the, the good news, the gospel of the kingdom of God. Mark 1, verse 14. And saying, the time is fulfilled. From this very moment, when Christ walked on the earth, began that fulfilling, that time, the clock began to tick towards the end. Now, we don't know the exact time when that End is, when Christ will return. But from that very beginning, he said, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. That means it's near. And he puts an urgency to his message. This gospel message has an urgency to it. Repent. That means change, overcome your life. Repent you and believe the good news. So we change, we overcome But we also must believe that there's good news beyond what we see in the world as we live in it. For all those years since Christ walked this earth, men have been preaching and teaching this message, this good news, sometimes to their own death, as we know William Tyndale, who wanted to bring the good news to the common people, and he sacrificed his life to bring that. They killed him because he wanted to bring this word to the common people. To believe in that good news. And so we see that Jesus preached this gospel message. Now in Isaiah the second chapter, because the kingdom of God's message is so huge and fills all the pages of the Bible, all we can do is take a synopsis and we can say, this is how it's going to to come about, but you fill in all of those blanks. And in, in in Isaiah the second chapter, we have a very concise synopsis of how God is going to do it and what how He's going to fulfill it. He says in verse it says in verse two, and it shall come to pass in that last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains, and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow into it. So God is going to establish sovereignty over all the nations that are left. You know, there's going to be a great tribulation. As you read in in Matthew 24, we're not going to go into that, but there's going to be a great tribulation, and God's wrath is going to be poured out. But there are going to be nations that are going to to survive all of the things that are going to come upon this, this earth because God does not want all flesh to be destroyed. He wants to bring his kingdom to this earth. He wants Jesus Christ to rule as King of kings and Lord of lords. So it's important for us to understand that there will be kingdoms and God will rule over them. And the mountains, the kingdom of God will rule over those, those kingdoms. And it says, Many people shall come and say, uh, sh- shall go and say, Come you and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And so we know that they're going to be educated in the right and truth. They're going to be educated in the truth of the word of God. No longer perverted. That word is going to spread throughout the world at, at that time, and it will supplant all falsehoods. he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people and sh- and many uh, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares their spears into pruning hooks nations shall not lift up sword against nation neither shall they learn war anymore so judgment shall come and peace shall be brought upon this earth how long it will take the Bible doesn't really say how long it's going to take to bring that kind of peace upon the earth. I'm sure there's still going to be rebellious people, or there wouldn't need to be judgment. There wouldn't need to be people out there having to take their war instruments and make them into to plowshares and different things like that, Or they, because they would just, they would give up war, and they would say, this is time for us to, to have peace. We're going to have to, to judge the nations. And so that's what's going to be. That's the kingdom of God. That's the purpose of the gospel, to preach the good news of that kingdom that's going to come upon this earth. And I was impressed by what uh, Art was saying about the financial things that we live in today. In the kingdom of God, turn to Leviticus, the 19th chapter. I don't have that in my little notes over there, but I've always been impressed with this. I wish I could live by it as which is very difficult in this nation to live by, because we have fiat money and fiat everything, and, and God really would rather have us live under His jurisdiction with His laws. In verse 35 of Leviticus 19, He says, You shall do no unrighteousness in judgment, in meteor, in weight, or in measure. The kingdom of God will have just weights, just measures. They won't be the kind of banking systems, the kind of things that we see today. And that's part of the gospel message, brethren. That in the kingdom of God, things are going to change a lot. <laughs> just balances, just weights, uh, just ephah, just hin. you shall have. I am the Lord your God which brought you out of the land of Egypt. Don't you know that's what we're going to be preaching and teaching people in the kingdom of God? And really that should be a part of the gospel message. that. That the kingdom of God will have justice in everything. From the way we live our life, to the things that we buy, to how we treat one another. Therefore shall you observe all my statutes, all my judgments, and do them. I am the Lord. That's a very powerful message there in Leviticus, the 16th chapter. And so let's go back now, and let's go to Mark the sixth, the first chapter. Not only is the good news about the kingdom of God, but the good news is also about our Savior. And it's tremendously wonderful, profound news. The beginning, verse 1 of Mark 1. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ the Son of God, as is written in the prophets. He says, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, which shall prepare your way before you. And we know that's historic, and we know that that John came and he preached repentance and baptism. And we know that Christ walked this earth and lived and died, and now is at the right hand of the Father. And this is good news because He is our Savior. And he is the one who we look to for our salvation and those things that he has set forth from that day that he walked upon this earth and taught his disciples and sacrificed his life for us. Since that day, Christ commissioned his disciples to go, to teach, to baptize. From that day, we've been doing that. Down through the ages. So you can read the historical perspective. Sometimes we had to hide in caves because we had, we had uh, so-called churches after us. And sometimes they would destroy or try to destroy the truth, try to destroy God's word. And has never, ever been supplanted. God has always had a means and a method and a way of getting that message out. And he's used us, human beings, weak human beings, to bring that message. He's made sure that there is a witness, hasn't he? A witness using whatever means, whether it be uh, the itinerant preacher who walked between city to city to city to preach the good news. When I first began to to come into this way as a young man, and I was very young, because I remember hearing Herbert Armstrong, on XCG when I was 10 years, well, maybe 11 years old, somewhere around in there, had an old radio. I would adjust, was mostly looking, listening to, um, um, you know, the old music stations and the old radio programs, but it was hard to miss Herbert Armstrong back then. You started clicking the dial around, especially late in the evening, and all of a sudden his booming voice. Would shatter that room. (laughs) Uh, Especially if you had the radio turned up loud, like, uh, you know, most kids like to do sometimes. And he was preaching that gospel message all over the world. Even from pirate boats off of the coast of Great Britain because they wouldn't let him in there. The gospel message. Well, down through the time that from there's always been that method, that way of getting that information out. Well, we know that <clears throat> this, the situations have kind of changed, and we have new methods now, different things. But yet, it's still not an easy task, as we understand. So let's, let's look at Paul. what Paul has to say about the gospel message and the struggles that he went through. Let's go to Galatians, or that's Galatians however you want to pronounce it. Let's go to Galatians, the first chapter, and beginning in verse 6. He says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from Him that called you into grace of Christ and another gospel, which is not another, but there are some that trouble you and would per- pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you, than that which we have preached unto you. Let him be accursed. You know, today, the whole world, especially the United States, is preparing for something that they think is so wonderful. The birth, to them, the gospel message is a little child born in a manger with the ancient trappings of paganism all around them. Now I know a lot of people do it in ignorance But this is a false gospel This is not the gospel to be preached, brethren This is a horrendous Slap in God's face And in Christ's face This is truly a terrible false gospel As we said before, so say I unto you now again if any man preach any other gospel unto you, then, he, then, then that you have received, let him be accursed. For do I not persuade men or God, or do I not seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be a servant of Christ. Sometimes these ministers, they might understand, but because they're trying to please men and not Christ, they allow this into their into their congregations and they allow this and maybe some in ignorance in 2nd Corinthians in 2nd Corinthians the fourth chapter we have this beginning in verse 1 he said therefore seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy we faint not but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty not walking in craftiness or handling the word of god deceitfully but by manifestation of the truth commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of god but if our gospel be hid it is hid to them that are lost in whom the good the god of this world in whom the god of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of christ who is the image of god should shine into them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants, for Jesus' sake. Every minister should read those words and understand. And ministers in the world should repent, who believe that they are preaching Christ and yet are allowing the trappings of paganism around the truth of the Word of God and Jesus Christ. We know there's a process that God goes through to bring an individual to this way of life. We've talked about it many times here, and it's not sometimes an easy process. In John, the sixth chapter, we understand that God calls, and we come to Jesus that way. Here it is, John 6 and verse 44. He says, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me. Draw him, and I will raise him up in the last day. And Jesus goes on with many, many, many more words in, in instruction. But this is important to understand. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me. Draw him, and I'll raise him up in the last day. So God is very active in the process of calling his children. In Luke, the 8th chapter, we find that there's a lot of difficulty out there. The parable of the sower of the Seeds helps us to understand that sometimes there might be the word preached and the truth preached, but there are a lot of things out there to draw a person away from this truth, this gospel truth. Now, the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear, then comes the devil, and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. There's a lot of hazards out there, brethren. They on the rock are they which, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation. And temptation comes on all of us, brethren. Testing, trials, living this way, standing up to relatives, whatever it is, there's a lot of temptation, there's a lot of trials to live the gospel way, the gospel message. And he says, then those which fell upon thorns are they which when they have heard go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no, no fruit to perfection. Yes, they have a trapping, and they look like they're religious, but they all, there's there's no fruit born. And the only ones that come through this is those who are planted in good ground. They are which are honest and good heart, having heard the word, kept it, and bring forth fruit with patience. And that patience means being able to endure many trials, many tribulations, and many tests that come upon you of your faith in this way of life. Today, there's a vast sea of va- of, 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 of gospel knowledge, uh, a, a vast sea of available gospel knowledge. Let me put it that way. I was trying to get this, that little phrase right because also in that sea is also a lot of not so good stuff. And as we were, going, we're going to see that those that God is calling, he, they have a lot more opportunity to find the truth than I did, even though I could listen to Herbert Armstrong. There are, I don't know how many, all over the world that have access to the Internet. But there's also a great great access to, to Bibles today. And the, and the American Bible Society is, is trying to make all languages, you know, to, to put the Bible in as many languages as they can. And I was reading a little article in there. They had 6,909 separate languages and they are going to try in twenty years to get them all taken care of with the Bible for each one of those. Sixty nine hundred and nine languages. That shows you that when God, you know, the Tower of Babel, language began to explode on the earth. They haven't they haven't translated all of them. And most of the time, they, I think they, they focus on one, one or two different Bibles to get them into these different languages. The gospel message has been preached and is being preached by true ministers of the gospel. I hope uh, that Lawrence and I and Barbus and those uh, other men in here can be counted as true ministers of the true gospel. We've, we try, anyway, to preach this message to the best of our ability, as we understand God's Word. And as I was alluding to, is available today, right now, 24 hours, 7 days a week, 365 days a year, on the Internet. So, Brian, I hope, is ready. <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to look at some things here real quickly. I would like, uh, how many are familiar with, uh, with Google? I mean, we all should be, everybody should be, unless you're just not a, a computer geek. But uh, Google's out there, it's the ubiquitous uh, search engine. And what you can do is type in Feast of Tabernacles, and just scroll down a little bit. This is, I don't know how many pages there are, but there's a bunch. I go down to the bottom. Uh, well, it's, it's a lot. There's a lot of pages. Now, one of the more interesting ones is the Catholic Encyclopedia. It also gives us a look at the Feast of Tabernacles, although I don't really want to go there. I do want to go um, when we look at something else. Let's go to the to to the Sabbath. Go up back up to the top now and and um, Google the Sabbath. And we can see here Biblical Sabbath. Now, Judaism 101. Uh, the Sabbath, sabbath.org, um, you know, there's all kinds of stuff, but you can, what's interesting in the, let's go, just get to the Catholic Encyclopedia real quick. And they have it right at the top, um, they, they have a lot of information here at the top, as he's, he's bringing up, um, sanctify to the Lord, all the work was forbidden, now go down a ways. Let's see what, how they pervert the Sabbath. Uh, let's see observance of the Sabbath. Um, up a little bit. Uh, where, did, where did they write that first one here? Mmm. Uh, back up just a little bit further. Let's see. They made a real. No, nope, back down again. There's a. There was a really. Yeah, the Sabbath in the New Testament. That's probably it right there. All right. Um, Yeah, there he is. Christ, while observing the Sabbath, set himself in 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 word and act against this absurd, absurd rigorism which made man a slave of the day. So you get all of this good information at the top, and then by the time you get down here to Christ walking the earth, keeping the Sabbath perfectly because he had to, and admonishing those that did, you know, healing on the Sabbath and all the things he did, you get this nonsense from the Catholic Encyclopedia. But, uh, But understand, there is a wealth of understanding. Now, one of the other things that comes up, especially about the Sabbath, is that it's a Jewish Sabbath. Well, let's go to Leviticus 23. Type in Leviticus 23 for me, Brian. And there's one in here that's got, let's see which one, which one was it? Uh, uh, Maybe it was this one, the Feast of the Lord. Yeah, that one right there, the Feast of the Lord. Right there. Well, let's see. Uh, There's actually one even better than that, but uh, you can see. um, The Feast of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations. We understand (laughs) That it is. The feasts of the Lord. They're not the Jews. They weren't even Israel's. They were God's feasts given to Israel that they might understand the gospel message because that's what the feasts are all about. The good news of the kingdom of God. All right. Next. Um, Somebody being called, truly searching, Uh, they could find C.G.O.M., couldn't they? And here's our website Uh, we've got all kinds of material and things for somebody to um, go on to and look at and uh, correspondence that they can get uh, Bible basics lots of articles and there's lots of churches who have the truth who are publishing on the internet and bringing this message on the internet now (laughs) <laughs> we're going to do one real quick one. I want to see if we can see uh, multiple mirrors here. Let's go to our own website. And let's see, there I am. Oh, can you bring it up so I can see? No, I guess we don't see but one, one of them. I was wondering, I was thinking we were getting a bunch of them. But anyway, there I am on our website. And so there's a lot of congregations today that are uh, webcasting. While they're preaching the gospel message, they're webcasting at the same time. So, you know, you can sit at home, although we'd rather you didn't. We'd rather you come and be with one another on the Sabbath day, but you could if you're sick. Tune in to me or Lawrence or Barnabas or one of the other, others here and, and listen to the gospel message from your own home. So it's a good thing. Now, for those who, who, who now are being called, who have that... You know, God's called them, and they're, they've been baptized, and they've, they've got this, this truth. The, the Internet now also has a tremendous uh, base of information about the Bible. Uh, type um, uh, Bibles online there, or online Bibles, or I think that's how it goes, online Bibles. Uh, online Bibles, that's it. Bible Gateway, the newbible.com, Bible Study Tools Online i uh, read many different versions uh, of the Blue Letter Bible online, uh, BiblesNet. I mean, there is more uh, places to get information of, uh, about the Bible, and you can search, and you can do uh, dictionary searches, you can do all kinds of things online. But, uh, go to um, Rick Meyer's page, eSword. For those of you that would like to have it on your own computer, I really highly recommend Rick Meyer and his, right at the top, right there, Freely You Receive, Freely Give, Brethren. He has in his, if you get his, if you download Esword, you know how you get the little page that says, um, do you accept all the terms and conditions? of this long list of things that nobody ever reads. Well, maybe somebody reads it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the legal people are so scared of what's on there that they might read it. Well, Rick Meyer, has in his little legal thing, he says, you cannot, you can download it, and you put it on your machine, you can do this, you can do that, but you cannot use it, and you cannot sell it, you cannot sell it to anyone. It is freely given and freely used. And I've always thought that it was a tremendous thing. This guy puts a tremendous amount of effort into this software tool that is absolutely, completely, and totally free. Now, um, I had Brian go ahead and download it for me just real quickly. Uh, there it is. Now, wait a minute. Uh, go to the King James with the... Um, what I would like to do is go to the King James with the uh, um, Plus that has the... Uh, strong concordance numbers in it. Can you do that for me, Brian? Uh, that should be just one of those little tabs on the e sword. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Now, one of the things I really like, and just highlight any one of them—I don't care, gospel or whatever—all of these na- things here have a, uh, and you can see them better when you're when you got it up close and you can look at it on the screen. But all of those are Strong's numbers. Rigbyer's gone in and taken every one of these. Name the Greek, this is translation from Greek. Every one of these, like the word gospel, has a little Strong's number, G2098. You just put your cursor up over the top of it, and it tells you the meaning of that particular um, a word. And he's, you know, most all of those are, have a, have a um, uh, Strong's Concordance number over them really tremendous tool there's all kinds of stuff in there i mean this is just a just a very small amount of all the things that are in rick myers e-sword that he works at and he continues to to upgrade it Uh, he works on it i don't know how much time he works on it he does work on it a lot and uh, anyway today we have a tremendous amount of places that we can go to get the gospel message and it's, there's a place, the internet's also a place to, to spread the gospel message, along with the Bible, along with the preaching, along with all the publishing. Those are things that can be done to spread the good news of the kingdom of God. So let's return to this kingdom of God, the gospel message. Let's go to 1 Corinthians, the ninth chapter. 1 Corinthians 9. In the beginning of verse 16. For though I preach the gospel, I, no, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me, yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. Paul's attitude was that this was so such a burden upon him, he had to preach the gospel. For if I do this thing willingly, i have a reward but if against my will a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me what is my reward then verily that when i preach the gospel i may make the gospel of christ without charge without charge freely given brother. that i abuse not my power in the gospel you understand that that we, don't, that we preach the gospel freely and that we're not trying to make money off of that gospel, just like Rick Myers. He, He felt compelled to make available the Word of God freely to people that could use it on the Internet to learn and be instructed. He said, For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew, That I might gain the Jews, to them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law, to them that are without the law, as without, being not without the law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them uh, that are without law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. And this gospel. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be a partaker thereof with you. His hope was that we would understand the good news of the kingdom of God. His hope was that if he could, he could break through to anyone, to break through to their understanding of this message that was good and profitable for himself, and of course for the one that would receive it and change or repent. And it was his life, and he gave his life for the gospel message to serve Christ. In Ephesians, the third chapter. Beginning in verse one. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, For you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of grace of God, which is given me to you, word. In other words, to those that were not Jews. This is an important concept at that time. Today, we you know it's open, but without Paul's understanding and his writing and his ministry, I'm sure that we would be missing that even today and. There has become a kind of a, another race separation in this society, in this world. But Paul wanted us to understand that it was all men are created in the image of God and all have that opportunity for grace and, and can be in the kingdom of God. How that by the revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I write afore a few words whereby when, we, when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto the holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs, and of the same body, and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. All men, everywhere. Wherefore I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God, Given unto me by the effectual working of His power. Interesting. Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which is from the beginning of the world has been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto the principles and powers, in the heavenly places, might be known by the church, the manifold wisdom of God, the manifold wisdom of God, according to the eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness, boldness and access with confidence by the faith in him. Those are powerful words from from Paul as he is trying to help others to understand that this message, this gospel message is for all of mankind no matter what color they are no matter where they live no matter what um, standard of life they are in the gospel message is for all of men all of mankind you know Paul also struggled with the gospel as revealed in Philippians His, his struggle with this good news, because men, I think, have a tendency to, to put down someone that is especially as passionate as it seems Paul was. Uh, Philippians, the first chapter, beginning in verse 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Even as is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and the confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers of my grace. For God is my record, how greatly I long after you in all the bowels of Jesus Christ. You see he was compassionate for those that he was preaching to and trying to help them to understand the, the, the good news of the kingdom of God. He says, this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment that you may approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Jesus Christ. In other words, hang in there, brethren. Don't give up. That day is coming. The day when Christ will return. Our day when we will be resurrected and become sons and daughters and saints and priests in God's kingdom, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. But I would, you know, uh, but I would, you should understand, brethren, that the things which happen unto me have fallen out, rather, unto the forbearance of the gospel. In other words, those things, those hardships that came upon Paul were for the gospel's sake. So that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and all the places and many of the brethren in the Lord waxing confident by my bonds are much more bold to speak the word without fear. He went through all those things so that the brethren would understand that they could stand up to the forces that were against them at that particular time. Some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife and some are also of goodwill. The one preached Christ of contention, not, not, not sincerely supporting Uh, to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What what, What then? Notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice. Yea, I will rejoice, for I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer, and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. According to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, that whether it be life or by death. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor, yet what shall I choose? I what not. For what I am, for, for I am a strait between two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better, nonetheless, to abide in the flesh and is, need, and is more needful for, for you. In other words, Paul didn't fear the death that was going to come later on, he knew that he would probably be a martyr. But if God gave him time, that time was to preach the gospel message to the benefit of those who were listening and his, those who were in those churches. He says, "I, In having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all in your forbearance and joy of faith that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ for me by my coming to you again. Only let your conversation be as it becomes the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. That's the important thing for us to understand today, brother. That no matter what goes on outside, we are to be constant, one-minded, striving together for the faith of the gospel. And in nothing terrified by their adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and, to, uh, and that of God. For unto you it is given in behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to s- suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which you, shall, uh, which you saw in me, and now here, uh, to be in me. Let's turn uh, just for a couple more scriptures here close to the end. 1 Thessalonians uh, two and one through three, just to, or actually one through thirteen. But I um, let's just pick this up here. For yourselves, brethren, know our entrance. Uh, let's make sure that I'm in the right place. Yeah our interest in unto you that it is was not in vain but even after that we had suffered before and were shamefully entreated and you know at philippi we were bold in our god to speak unto you the gospel the good news of god which <clears throat> with much contention for our exhortation was not of deceit nor of uncleanness nor in guile but as we were allowed of god to be put in trust with the gospel even so we speak not as pleasing men, we speak the gospel not as pleasing men, but God, which tries our hearts. For neither is there any time used we, uh, for neither at any time use we flattering words, as you know, nor a cloak of t- covetousness. God is witness. Nor of men sought we glory, neither of you, nor yet of others, when we might have been burdensome as the apostles of Christ but we were gentle among you even as a nurse cherishes her children so being affectionately desirous of you we are willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only but also of our own souls because you were dear unto us for you remember brethren our labor and trial a travail for laboring night and day because we would not be chargeable unto any of you we preached unto you the gospel of god they were their effort their night and day they were preaching teaching this this message at that particular time under duress under great stress bringing that message so that there would be some that would be saved you are witnesses you are witnesses and god also how holy and just Justly and unblameable we behaved ourselves among you that believe as we know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father does his children that you would walk worthy of God who has called you unto his kingdom and glory. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing because when you received the word of God which you heard of us, you received it not as a word of men And I hope everyone here understands that when we read this, it's not me, it's not Lauren, it's the Word of God, not the Word of men. We want you to understand the Word of God. But as it is in truth, the Word of God, which effectually works in you to to believe. It works in you that believe, because you are believers. Okay, a couple verses here in 2 Timothy. And then one other one, and we'll finish up here real quickly. Second Timothy 1, verse 6, Wherefore I put you in remembrance, that you stir up the gift of God, which is in you by the putting on of my hands. Paul and Timothy and the words that he gives, it, goes, it comes down to us. And those that we've, you know, have been baptized and had hands laid upon them, those are important. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Be not you therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be you partakers of the afflictions and of the gospel, according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our words, not according to our works but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Let's see, Then I want to pick up uh, one more verse. But is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and has brought life and immortality to life through the gospel. Oh, there's another benefit. That tremendous benefit gospel message of eternal life of the the corruptible giving up that corruption and becoming incorruptible and immortal in the kingdom of God the world will be in great turmoil when God's wrath is poured out upon this world and there will be a lot of evil things going on and maybe all of the different things that we have available today uh, the internet and all of that may cease to, to exist. And they, it probably will. But in Revelation, the 14th chapter, God feels compelled, and I understand that very much, that he wants everyone that's left on this earth to hear the gospel message, and he will preach it. He saw another angel, verse 6, and I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth and to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God, give glory to Him, for the hour of His judgment has come, and worship Him that has made heaven and earth, and sea and the foundations of waters. That angel will go out and preach that gospel message to the world because God wants people to understand it. And maybe there will be some that will repent the world needs the world needs the fulfilled gospel, don't they? The good news of the kingdom of God. But right now, they need the gospel witness to the best of our ability. Whatever we come up with, whatever we can do to preach, to bring that message to the world. With, with all those others that are doing it out there on the internet, through the Bible, through Bible Helps, uh, through uh, whatever it is, to get the, the good news out. The world needs that information because the, truly the world needs something even more. The world needs Jesus Christ to come back. The world needs the kingdom of God to be set up on this earth. That is the good news, the gospel message.